It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. Coming to you from somewhere in Sanctuary, this is episode 350 of Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo Community Podcast. This episode is called Feedback, Two Different Kinds. It is March 10, 2022, and this is Jen. So I'm going to start off with um, a little bit about what to do if you'd like to send feedback to Shattered Soulstone. There's a number of ways you can do this. You can um, tweet to at Shattered Stone and ask a question, and I'll type an answer to you if I see it. I've, I've been trying to keep track of that as best I can. That's uh, a really good way to leave a comment. And here's an example of a really good way to leave a comment. So Nick Quaglietta asked me... Have you played D2 Ladder in the past? I haven't done so myself, but I'm curious to know if there's really more to it than just a race to 99. And he also added, by the way, you've done very well with pronouncing my last name. So that's that's good because I do try to get people's names right. I think it's only polite. And so I responded directly to that tweet and I replied to Nick and said, I have not played D2 Ladder in the past. When the game was brand new, my Frankenstein build of a PC kept crashing the game and I went back to the original Diablo and I wrote, I'm happy to know that I've been pronouncing your name correctly. So that's really simple. It's a concise question. It's completely relevant to what Shattered Soulstone does, which is talk a lot about the Diablo games and it's polite. It's quick. It was easy for me to answer that because it wasn't something I had to look up or, or anything like that. It was just, you know, what's your opinion or have you done this? No, I haven't. This is why. And we're good. So if you want to do something like that, you can totally tweet at Shattered Stone. And if I see it and it's relevant, then I'll put it in the show. Because why not? This is a community-based show. So I like to get, I generally like to get, you know, comment from the community. However, there is another way you can also leave a comment for the show. You can go to ShatteredSoulStone.com and leave a comment under pretty much any show you want. Most people tend to do it for the most recent show because that's what's on their mind at the moment. And I have I have an example of how not to leave a comment. So like I said, you know, we, I just gave you an example of a really nice, good, effective, useful way to do a comment. Now I'm going to show you one that is garbage. So we have someone here that I'm, they think this is going to go up on Soulstone, but it's not. I don't allow this kind of stuff in any of my websites ever. I've had several, uh, this is one of them, you know. So this person named themselves Tech Jess with like four S's. And I knew right away that this was sketchy because Tech Jess, as you know, uh, was part of Blizzard, has moved on to somewhere else, was very pro-union and was involved in helping set up the mechanism for funding the people that were striking. Okay, so there is no way I'm going to believe that Tech Jess is actually the person who wrote this garbage on my site. This person wrote this. For once, I support Activision Blizzard. Okay. He writes, uh, there are going to be some swear words here. He writes, fuck unions and anyone that supports them. One can only hope that Activision Blizzard brings in the best union busters players money can purchase. 
players is spelled without the apostrophe S. Like it's, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, start with firing the employees organizing the union and work out from there until all the scum are released. That's what this asshole put on my site. And they couldn't even use their own name. They're trying to implicate someone who's obviously for a very long time on Twitter been very pro-union. Okay, so this person is scum and this is an example of why you should not put these kinds of comments on people's websites. So now you have two examples. And uh, the choice is yours if you're going to leave a comment. And it's something that is, as I said, like Nick did, you know, it's very relevant to Shattered Soulstone's content. It's a simple question that can easily be answered in a tweet. It's something I didn't have to look up. Or you have this, and that's not going on the site. And I'm using it because, you know, everything is useful in some way. And I'm going to use this particular person who is too chicken to actually add their own name to this comment uh, as an example of what I'm not putting up with on Shattered Soulstone. So just so you know, that's that's the thing there. And by the way, <laughs> um, I know if you've been listening to Soulstone for a long time, you're aware of how long it's taken for the efforts of, well, Raven, I think, got their union, and I think, as far as I remember, I know ABK is still working hard on that. There was um, a couple other gaming companies that actually got a union that are outside of uh, Blizzard Activision King, and we've got a whole bunch of, sto- of Starbucks stores all across the nation that are actively, you know, trying to get their union going. Some of the stores actually have them, I think, in New York and Boston and somewhere else um, that they're doing that. There's a ton of grocery workers that are striking to try to get unions. Some of them have it, some of them don't. It depends on which company of grocery store they're working with, but they're pushing for it. And a while back, like last year, the John Deere workers filed for a union. They like tried to get a union and they got it. It took a while, it took striking, it took a lot, but they got it. Unionization is important because what it does is it makes sure that everybody gets a reasonable paycheck They get benefits. They get protection from being randomly fired because the boss is crabby today and all this other stuff. And if anything goes wrong with that, they have an organization that can back them up on it and get them what they're supposed to have. Because as this, you know, rotten little commenter, you know, put his little two cents in here, um, most people believe that workers should be treated well. They should have enough money to survive on. Some of the grocery workers are starving. Literally, that's what's going on. You know, people should have a good workplace. They shouldn't have to be going through abuse. They shouldn't be breaking their bodies for work that's not paying them enough. They shouldn't have to constantly wonder what their schedule is going to be and have, you know, bosses change it, all this stuff. It's super important. This is like the bedrock of early American stuff, you know? So there's my uh, comment on that. And you know, I'm hoping, uh, I kind of doubt that this person actually listens to the show or maybe just listened to one and is grumpy. And if that's you, dude, that good, or, or chick that couldn't put your own actual name on your horrible comment that is so tone deaf that it just rings out to everyone of how, how inept you are at reading the room, um, maybe don't come back because I'm not putting another one of your comments on my site. This one's not going there either, but that's my example. Every so often something ticks me off and... Today, that's you, whoever you are, anonymous ranting commenter. I'm going to move on to something more pleasant. Um, (laughs) 
On the last show, I mentioned that I was invited to go onto the Scrappy server on Discord and participate in a Diablo campfire talking about Diablo Immortal. I wasn't the only one there. Uh, it was run by Red October, who I know listens to the show, and I've talked to back and forth about getting into the campfire and things like that. It's an audio production. It's recorded. And it was a lot about like um, the recent, recent-ish testing that was done only on Android. Now, I'm on a Mac, so I couldn't do it. But I'd been on a previous one that Macs were allowed, so I kind of participated in that a little bit. And some of the things I talked about, um, they asked, once somebody asked a question throughout, towards the like, latter half of it, I guess, maybe the middle, about what class are you going to play when this game comes out? And I'm not sure, but I had fun playing the Crusader, so that might be it. And I talked a little bit about gaming and disability and talking about, you know, there's apparently going to be the ability to use, like, a console controller to play Diablo Immortal. I don't know how it all works out, but, you know, this type of thing. And I think it's important to talk about those things in terms of gaming because a lot of times people with disabilities kind of get ignored, you know. And I have disabilities, and that's why I can't stream for more than, like, an hour or play a game more than, like, an hour. So that kind of thing. But, yeah, it's really neat. Now, it's not, it doesn't seem to be something that's publicly been released. It's on the Scrappy server. I've joined the Scrappy server. I have no means that I'm aware of of inviting anyone. So if it's something you really want to listen, maybe talk to Red October and see uh, about that. I think that might be helpful. I don't know exactly how they're running it, but it's just an idea. And it was fun. It was really fun to do, and I'm happy to join, you know, the Diablo community to do stuff like this when I'm able to. And it seems like a really nice place to scrappy server. So, you know, it's, it's uh, something I did and it was fun. And uh, going on from that, I'm going to talk about the uh, awful things happening at Activision Blizzard. Some of this has been mentioned before in the show. This first article is from the Washington Post and it's a very serious article and it's titled Activision Blizzard sued for wrongful death by family of employee who killed herself. Now, you may remember if you've been following Soulstone that one of the things that came out during one of the California uh, organizations that was investigating Blizzard was that there was a woman who had been sexually abused by an Activision Blizzard worker, I don't know which one it was, and died from suicide. This lawsuit is from the family of that person. So I'm going to read you some of this. If you've been through some of this stuff or if this is too hard for you to hear, um, if you have PTSD relating to these type of topics, skip ahead. You know, skip ahead. You don't need all this on you if that's going to be difficult. I don't want to, like, cause anyone harm by reading this. But I do want people to know what happened. So I'll start now. Again, the Washington Post. Activision Blizzard, the embattled gaming giant that Microsoft recently agreed to buy for nearly $69 billion, is being sued by the family of an employee who died by suicide, with the family blaming the woman's death on sexual harassment and claiming that a supervisor then lied to detectives about his relationship with her, according to a copy of the complaint obtained by... By the Washington Post. The complaint dated Thursday and filed by the parents of Carrie Monahan, a 32-year-old finance manager at Activision Blizzard when she was found dead during a company retreat in 2017, claims that sexual harassment was a, quote, significant factor, end quote, leading to her death. Monahan was first referenced, though not by name, in a California Department of Fair Employment and Housing lawsuit filed last July that accused the company of fostering a culture of sexual harassment, 
misconduct and gender-based discrimination. The DFEH complaints allege allegations, complainants allegations, there we go, included that at the holiday party before her death, male co-workers passed around a picture of her vagina and referenced a, quote, male supervisor, end quote, who allegedly brought sex toys with him on the business trip. Like, why would anyone think that was appropriate? It's totally not, you know? I mean, if you're going to personally use sex toys yourself in your hotel, fine, but this wasn't what was going on here. It's very, it sounds very coercive and abusive. To continue, Activision Blizzard last year called the DFEH lawsuits claims, quote, distorted distorted and in many claims false, end quote, and criticized the State Department for including mention of the suicide. Quote, we are sickened by the reprehensible conduct of the DFEH to drag into the, com- into the complaint the tragic suicide of an employee whose passing has no bearing whatsoever on this case and with no regard for her grieving family. Well, the grieving family's got something to say now, okay? Um, the family's wrongful death lawsuit, which indicates that it was filed in Los Angeles Superior Court by Paul and Janet Monaghan, claims that their daughter's boss, Greg Restitutio, if I'm pronouncing that right, initially lied to investigators in the Anaheim Police Department who were looking into her death in a hotel room at Disney's Grand Californian Hotel and Spa, concealing that he had a sexual relationship with her, uh, Monaghan. Um, Restitutio did not immediately respond to a message-seeking comment from the Washington Post. According to the complaint, Restitutio also made apparent efforts to hide evidence of his relationship with Monaghan following her death. An alleged police report cited in the complaint also noted that Restitutio made seemingly unusual inquiries with other employees who were present with uh, Carrie Monaghan the night preceding her death. According to a LinkedIn profile, Restitutio worked as a senior finance director for Activision Blizzard until May 2017, the month after Monaghan's death. Restitutio did not immediately respond to a request request for comment on the lawsuit. The parents' lawyers, Jeffrey Isaacs and Adam Kargman, provided a copy of the complaint but had no further comment. According to the lawsuit, Activision Blizzard then refused to turn over to police Monaghan's company-issued laptop, said that her cell phone had been, quote, wiped, and also refused to give them access to Restitutio's laptop or cell phone. The Anaheim Police Department has refused to disclose reports concerning Monaghan's death to the Post, an autopsy report released by the Orange County Sheriff Coroner, Sheriff Dash Coroner, I guess he's both, uh, showed that Monaghan's death was determined to be a suicide. An Activision Blizzard spokesperson declined to respond. You know, they gave the this is sad kind of comment. Uh, the lawsuit by Monaghan's family adds to a growing scandal over sexual harassment and discrimination, which has enveloped Activision Blizzard since last year. And we, we kind of know about these things already because I've been talking about them the whole time. Um, there's a little bit, though, like people coming to the Washington Post to read this aren't going to know all the stuff that you and I know about this because we're more invested in the games um, and in gaming in general. But yeah. So if you want to read the rest of this, you can. I'll put everything I talk about with the exception of that comment that was just off the wall into the show notes at shatteredsoulstone.com. And you can check out all of this stuff if you want to do that. So there's a lot more uh, in here and I'm not going to go into the rest of the details because it's, it's rough. It's rough. So there's that. Those of you that were waiting for me to stop talking about this article, I'm done. Okay, there's an article from Axios titled, Embattled Activision Says It Is Facing Increased Attrition. The Axios articles are very short, so I'll read you 
part of this at least. Risks to Activision Blizzard's game business business include an uneasy workforce and an increasing dependency on a small number of franchises. Driving the news, the company's annual report issued last Friday drops the PR varnish and shows the problems the company is facing. Three franchises, Call of Duty, Candy Crush, and Warcraft accounted for 82% of the company's revenue in 2021, up from 79% the year before. No other series even brought in 10% of its revenue. The report stated that ongoing legal actions against the company and, quote, related media attention can be expected to have an adverse effect on our ability to attract and retain employees and has resulted in work stoppages. Well, that would be people striking because you're treating them badly and everyone knows about it. So there you go. Don't want to have attrition from workers? Treat them well. The company reported having 9,800 full-time or part-time employees by the end of 2021, up from 9,500 the year before. But it noted, quote, we have observed labor shortages, increasing competition for talent, and increasing attrition, including a significantly higher turnover rate of our human resources function in 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another startling acknowledgement in here. The company says California law, California law, they're in California, California law, required it to add another woman to its board of directors by the end of 2021. And Activision Blizzard failed to do so. Activision had initiated a search, but said the planned acquisition by Microsoft, with talks beginning in November, complicated manners, quote, since the company's current directors would cease to continue to serve on our board of directors upon consummation of our proposed transaction with Microsoft, we were unable to conclude the process in 2021. We will be continuing our efforts to appoint a new female director. Mm -hmm. The state's law, which requires a board of Activision's size to include three women, had created a, quote, boardroom boom for women executives, Axios reported last year. So there's that. They kind of went, nah, we're not going to make more women on this thing. Let's think of a stupid excuse. Because honestly, I don't think, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I don't think that Microsoft is going to care that you added more women. That sounds good. You know, you need things to be a little more equitable in any company, but whatever. That's what they chose to do. And then there's another article here from the Washington Post, and this one is titled Activision Blizzard Disinvited from Speaking at South by Southwest Due to Misconduct Allegations. <laughs> like, they can't go there now. They've been booted out. I'll read you a little bit of this. Activision Blizzard, a major video games company facing several lawsuits and government investigations over workplace misconduct and sexual harassment allegations, has been disinvited from speaking at South by Southwest, the annual technology film and music festival that typically attracts hundreds of thousands of attendees. Um, and then there's, uh, let's see, South by Southwest, commonly abbreviated SXSW, confirmed to the Washington Post that Activision Chief Marketing Officer Fernando Machado had been disinvited from a March 12 panel about user retention in the gaming industry. Hmm. <laughs> Didn't they just say they were having trouble, you know, in the thing from Axios, keeping people? Yeah. He was replaced by Amazon Prime Gaming Vice President of Marketing, Andrea Kurtwright. And the Washington Post says that the reporter writing this is slated to moderate the panel in question, but she had no input on any of the panel participants. 
Um, here's from South by Southwest. Quote, given the ongoing and unfolding nature around the sexual harassment accusations being covered up at the executive levels of Activision, we decided it was best not to have high-profile speakers from Activision present at South by Southwest this year, said Linda Park, VP of Communications at South by Southwest, in a statement to the Post. So there's that, you know. (laughs) And then it kind of goes on and tells you about other stuff that happened that I've told you about before. Um, Another major gaming event happening this month, the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco will still include three panels featuring Activision Blizzard speakers, so there's that. And uh, I'm going to move on to the next thing here. So this is from IGN, and I think there was a Wall Street Journal report about this, so give me a minute and see if I can find where I put that, because that's going to be a little more detailed, I would think, you know? but I can't find it. So I'm going to go with the IGN article that's pulling from the Wall Street Journal article. Report, Microsoft's Activision Blizzard deal being investigated for insider trading. Yep. Three investors linked to CEO Bobby Kotek are being investigated in relation... That's the title is that. And then it's they're being investigated for insider trading in relation to Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard. The Wall Street Journal reports that Barry uh, Barry Diller, Alexander von Fustenberg, and David Geffen invested around $108 million in Activision Blizzard just days before Microsoft acquired the company and shares went up in value. Their investment has climbed to $168 million and could be worth upwards of $200 million if they keep their shares until the Microsoft deal closes later this year. The investments were made private by privately arranged transactions through J.P. Morgan Chase and Company, who later reported the trades to law enforcement after the deal became public. This prompted the U.S. Justice Department and the Securities and Exchange Commission to both open investigations into the matter. Insider trading is the buying and selling of stocks with confidential or non-public information, usually with the intention to make as much money as possible. The practice is illegal in the U.S. Diller had described himself as a long-term friend of Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotek and served on Coca-Cola's board of directors with him. Von Furstenberg is the stepson of Diller, Diller and Geffen is a longtime friend. Diller told the Wall Street Journal that none of the men had insider information about Microsoft's impending acquisition of Activision Blizzard and said it was just a coincidence and a lucky bet. While no insider trading has been proven, this is the latest in a long line of controversies surrounding Activision Blizzard in the the past few months. And we know about those. So there's that. You know, hey, tell your buddies to go buy some stock right now because you're going to get acquired by Microsoft soon. Yeah, I don't think that's going to go well for any of those guys. Nope. In general, if you're fooling around with stock in that way, yeah, those authorities are going to come and check it out and you're probably in trouble. Speaking of Bobby Kotek, we have an article here from CNBC titled Activision CEO Bobby Kotek will leave Coca-Cola's board before Microsoft deal closes. So here's a little bit from that. Coca-Cola Company said Friday that Bobby Kotek, CEO of video game publisher Activision Blizzard, would not stand for re-election to the company's board of directors, meaning Coca-Cola. Kotek is stepping down as the company works to complete the sale to Microsoft for $68.7 billion. Um, We know about that. Uh, Here's a, a statement 
Quote, I have decided not to stand for re-election to the Coca-Cola Company Board in order to focus my full attention on Activision Blizzard at this pivotal time as we prepare with our merger with Microsoft. Kotech, who served as a company director for 10 years, said in a statement. CNBC is not usually something that really delves into a lot of the gaming stuff, but here we go. Kotech 58 has emerged as a controversial figure in recent months. The Wall Street Journal reported in November that women have accused Kotech of misconduct, alleging he didn't share everything he knew about mistreatment inside Activision with the company's board. The family of an employee who committed suicide filed suit on Thursday action uh, against Activision in Los Angeles Superior Court, alleging wrongful death. Kotech's involvement in politics has also drawn scrutiny through secret companies. He funded Republican campaigns in 2010, as well as GOP causes, CNBC reported last month. Coke has a financial relationship with Activision, but the beverage giant's board determined the relationship wasn't material, in part because sponsorship agreements represented less than 1% of Activision's gross revenue, according to an SEC filing. Kotek received $340,003 in total compensation for his board work from Coca-Cola in 2020, the filing said. SOC Investment Group, a Washington-based nonprofit organization that works with union-backed pension funds on shareholder activism, active, activism campaigns. It's hard to get Activision and Activision, or Vism, right? So you can see why I'm stumbling over that. Uh, had urged Coca-Cola director Maria Elena Lagomancino to prepare her fellow board members not to nominate Kotech for re-election before Microsoft announced its bid for Activision Blizzard. Kotech isn't suitable to sit on Coca-Cola's board because he learned of abuse by Activision Blizzard executives, but tried to retain them or reduce their disciplinary action among other alleged itch issues. Dieter Wassenager, uh, SOC's executive director told Logramasso in a December letter. So there's that. And then we have an actual press release from the Coca-Cola company. It's pretty short. The Coca-Cola company announced today that Bobby Kotek has informed the company he will not stand for re-election to the board of directors. We appreciate Bobby's decade of service to our company, said James Quincy, chairman and CEO of the Coca-Cola company. We wish him all the best. And then we have that quote from Kotek there. So he's leaving that. He's losing that. And then I have some better news about Blizzard and Activision. They are among the many, many gaming companies that are supporting the Ukrainian people in whatever ways they can. For Activision Blizzard, this was written by President and COO Daniel Allegre, and they shared the following message with employees and then posted it publicly. So this is directed at the employees, so it's, it's titled Team. This is what they wrote. Throughout the past week, we have watched the news from Ukraine with, with, and the worsening humanitarian crisis that is unfolding. Our company's commitment is to help those impacted by this terrifying violence and to provide assistance in every way possible. Today, we are announcing that Activision Blizzard will be suspending new sales of and in our games in Russia. While this conflict continues, we will continue to look at ways to support the, the Ukrainian people. I want to reassure you that the safety of our employees is our leadership team's top priority. We are doing everything possible to assist employees and their families who are being directly affected by this tragedy. If you or a colleague needs support, please don't hesitate to reach out to your manager or local HR leaders. I'd also like to remind you that our employee assistance program is available to those who need emotional support during this difficult time. Um, and they're also saying 
sending money. They are The company is matching employee donations two to one to organizations providing immediate relief in the region of Ukraine. Uh, together, we've raised over $300,000 in this effort. Next week, we plan to add additional charities to choose from for consideration and also will raise the company matching limit from 1000 to 10000 So that's a good thing that they're doing. Um, they are not unique in this. There's a number of gaming companies that have stopped allowing people in Russia to access their games. And there's a ton of them. Um, I could probably pull that up really quick if you want a quick list of that because I was writing about it for something. So uh, let me, so I'll just read you the names of the companies here. We've got, okay, so here's who's cut off access to video gaming in Russia and in some cases, uh, Belarus as well. So we've got Microsoft. Um, they have suspended new sales in Russia and they are suspending new sales of Microsoft products and services in Russia. Uh, Electronic Arts has stopped sales of their games and content, including virtual currency bundles in Russia and Belarus while this conflict continues. Electronic Sports FIFA tweeted that they are uh, initiating a process to remove the Russian national team and all Russian clubs from EA Sports FIFA products, including some upcoming ones. Nintendo uh, said that due to the fact that the payment service used in Nintendo eShop has suspended the processing of payments in rubles, Nintendo eShop in Russia is temporarily placed into maintenance mode. CD Projekt Red has made the decision to halt all sales of their games to Russia and Belarus. Uh, Eurogamer reported at first that Sony quietly pulled PlayStation's new blockbuster game, Grand and Turismo 7 from sale in Russia. And then later, um, <laughs> later on, they uh, they did something else. We've got um, Epic Games and several other gaming companies have uh, said some things. Epic, Epic Games Newsroom, the Twitter account Epic Newsroom tweeted, Epic is stopping commerce with Russia in our games in response to its invasion of Ukraine. We're not blocking access for the same reason, yada yada, but that's what they're doing. Ubisoft said that they are monitoring the situation and their primary focus has been the security of their teams and they're providing support for people, but they didn't mention actually halting their games, but they are trying to provide support. Visa and MasterCard suspended their operations in Russia. They're not gaming, but that's what they did. And um, there was something else in here, I think. Sony. Sony officially suspended PlayStation sales in Russia. What they've written is that they joined the global community in calling for peace in Ukraine. They have suspended all software and hardware shipments of the launch of Gran Turismo 7 and operations of the PlayStation Store in Russia. They're also sending money out there. So that's a lot. So that's official now. You know, you can't you can't do that. And uh, Amazon, Amazon makes games, <laughs> and um, they have decided to uh, suspend shipment of retail products to customers based in Russia and Belarus, and will no longer be accepting new Russian and Belarus-based AWS customers and Amazon third-party sellers. They're also suspending access to Prime Video for customers in Russia, and will no longer be taking orders for New World. That's one of their new games, uh, which is the only video game that Amazon sells directly in Russia, and I'm sure there'll be more of these as time goes on, but that's kind of like... You know, I don't want to get too political, but this is what's going on regarding gaming in regards to what's going on over in the Ukraine. So you may as well know about it. Speaking of PlayStation, actually, there is an article here from Polygon titled Eight More Women Allege Sexual Harassment and Discrimination at PlayStation Maker Sony. Um, I'll read you a little bit of this. Eight former and current Sony Interactive Entertainment employees have accused the PlayStation maker of sexism, according to court documents filed Tuesday. Um, Axios was the first to report the filing, so we know a little bit about that from them. Former security analyst Emma uh, Mao, Majao, M-A-J-O, um, 
filed a lawsuit against Sony for gender discrimination and wrongful termination in November of 2021. Mejo, I'm going to say Mejo. Um, if I'm wrong, somebody that knows better, correct me, and I'll make a correction in the next show, uh, is seeking class action status to include other employees impacted by sexism at the company. Sony filed to dismiss the complaint, citing a lack of specifics that prove, quote, widespread intentional discrimination. On Tuesday, Mejo's lawyer filed statements of support from seven former PlayStation workers and one current employee. These women provided written statements of supporting details of support, detailing instances of sexism at the company and across multiple offices in the United States. The allegations described in these documents range from devaluing women's ideas and discrimination towards mothers to sexual harassment and systemic struggles for women to get promoted. Goes on from there for a while. So that's happening at Sony too, which isn't great. Um, a lot of these gaming companies really need to step up. They really need to step up because the ones that are fighting unions are garbage. I mean, that just means they don't care about anybody that's working for them. The ones that are specifically allowing harassment of women, people of color, or other marginalized groups like people who are LGBTQ, if they're allowing that, that's like unacceptable. They shouldn't be doing that. And I don't understand why these gaming companies haven't changed when there's been so much push against this, but some of them are assholes, I guess. Uh, there's um, an article here from Game Developer on an unrelated note entirely, and it's titled Diablo 2 Lead Designer and Lead Artist Form New Studio, called Moon Beast Productions. Um, they are, I don't know who exactly, Peter Hu and Phil Shank, who served as lead designer and lead artist on Diablo 2, respectively, have reunited at Moon Beast to start work on a new original franchise. And they also, this isn't the first time the duo have reconnected since leaving Blizzard, with both having also helped establish Hellgate London developer flagship studios with other key members of Blizzard North. So that's a new gaming company that's spun out of people that had something to do with Blizzard in the past. There's a lot of those. This is just the latest one. And on actual good news coming from Blizzard, uh, recently uh, the Inside Blizzard portion of the Blizzard website where the new stuff is uh, introduced Makaya Brown for um, she's Blizzard's diversity, equity, and inclusion and development lead and has been since September of 2021. And they posted this right around um, International Women's Day. So there's a picture of her and Blizzard next to her and her title and everything. And so here's a little bit. It looks like it was written by her. Okay, so I'm going to read you part of this. First, the obvious question, why Blizzard? When I met with people here, what struck me were the most were two things. First, the drive and commitment for meaningful change from all the employees and inc all incredibly talented people who want to better our culture while continuing to pursue the work they love. And second, the genuine commitment from the Blizzard leadership team who are spearheading change across the board to ensure their teams feel safe, heard, and able to be their best creative selves. It's rare to see such an overwhelming collective drive at all levels and guiding that energy as our work progresses inspires me. We are here because we want to make games that are welcoming to everyone. And to truly do that, we need multiple perspectives with women people of color lgbt plus or people who are differently abled feeling blizzard is a place for them a place where they can be their best selves we gain those valuable perspectives a more inclusive culture results in better games period and it goes on from there it's real it's worth reading but i'm running out of voice here <laughs> but um yeah and you can't see her picture but she's a black woman and we do need more black women 
involved in diversity kind of stuff because that way they get listened to if they're like the title of it you know the head of it so this is a very good thing and i think she's going to do great and i'd also like to say that i know of um and have met some of the people who are now currently working for blizzard in one capacity or another some of them just got a higher title just recently and it's always cool to see that and i know there are good people working at blizzard I don't know anything about Activision or who works there. I really don't. But some of the people that I've talked to long before they joined Blizzard, I know to be good people. And so I'm sure she's seeing that as well. It's not the people. It's not the workers that are bad, with the exceptions of ones that have been kicked out or caught out for various reasons. Most of the people there just want to make games. And I think she's going to do a good job in directing that and adding diversity to games. Okay, now we're going into more Diablo stuff. The Diablo account, which can be really weird and snarky, and <laughs> I think they've really epitomized the voice of Diablo. So what the Diablo account wrote was, Mortals, gas prices are so high right now. And then they wrote demons, and it's a little gif of Bale having all these demons just haul his giant, I don't know, ship or whatever that is across the wastelands to the castle. <laughs> and it just seemed kind of funny to me. I mean, maybe that's warped, but but it's just kind of amusing to me that they did that. Um, okay, on March 10th, that's today, uh, the Diablo 3 patch 2.7.3 PTR is now live. And here's a little bit about that. So there's there's a lot of details. And the update begins March 10. They're asking you to help to quell the tides of surging demons. Take a look at the preliminary patch notes below and start theorycrafting how you'll make the most of the new Echoing Nightmare seasonal theme, balance updates, and greater rift changes. Um, patch 2.7.3 PTR will be arriving soon. So that was written today. Nope, that was written on the 7th, but it's I think it's out today. Uh, so here's the focus. We'll be conducting the, the patch 2.7.3 PTR starting Thursday, March 10. During this time, there may be periodic maintenances, outages, hotfixes, or other minor patches. There will be PTR unique buffs active to help you on your journey, increased experience gains, and double blood shard drops. You can also buy new gear for testing from the special PTR vendor, Dank Meme. It's spelled D-J-A-N-K. M-I apostrophe E-M, dank meme, uh, you can, uh, who will exchange blood shards for class-specific bags full of legendary items that we'd love for you to test. Class and balance changes to ensure that the most significant class changes receive an ample amount of attention. We'd love for you to focus testing and feedback on the set changes to the Barbarian, Crusader, and Monk. And the new season theme, they're looking to gather feedback on the seasonal content around Echoing Nightmare. Here's some... Uh, advice for people that have never been in a PTR that want to uh, that want to do it. There's some advice on what you know what makes it work well for you or how to do it or get in there that kind of thing. The new season theme for season 26 introduces the Echoing Nightmare, an optional and rewarding end game challenge where players fight within the memories of Nephilim who fell in a greater rift. Today's Nephilim must stand their ground until they are inevitably overwhelmed or defeated. Players must collect a petrified scream from defeated Greater Rift Guardians to gain entry to the Echoing Nightmare. Transmuting a petrified scream in Kanai's cube summons a portal that players can enter to face the horrors of the Nephilim's past. Here's some details. Petrified screams and the Echoing Nightmare can only be accessed with, with seasonal characters. Obviously, it's, you know, for season 26, we know how this goes. Only one player is required to transmute a petrified scream to open an echoing nightmare in a multiplayer game. 
Similar to a boss encounter, all players in a multiplayer game must accept a prompt to enter. While within an echoing nightmare, the difficulty scales as players progress in the encounter. Players can progress faster by defeating monsters quickly. Players receive the following rewards upon completing an echoing nightmare. EXP, legendary items, blood shards, gems, and a new legendary gem called Whisper of Atonement. The Whisper of Atonement is a legendary gem used exclusively for augmenting ancient legendary items. It drops pre-ranked based upon the player's performance in the echoing nightmare. Um, this is the first seasonal theme that introduces a new activity to the game. In the Echoing Nightmare, players will experience an intense, densely packed, increasingly challenging event that stretches their ability to stay in the fight as long as possible. We found inspiration in Oryx's warning. Oryx is the one when you um, I th uh, go do a Nephilim rift, you know that guy, or a greater rift. Uh, Many Nephilim have stood where you are now, but few succeeded in overcoming the trials. So you're going to go do the trials. The Echoing Nightmare explores what happened to the those Nephilim who did not succeed. There's going to be greater rift updates. Uh, they're going to... Greater rifts have a small chance to roll as Oryx Dream. These dreamlike rifts have a curated list of maps and monster compositions. Three maps have been added and two maps have been removed from the Greater Rift pool. They added Fields of Misery, Desolate Sands, and Briarthorn Cemetery. They removed the sewers of Chaldeum and the hidden aqueducts. The probability of Greater Rift maps has been adjusted. The probability of monster groups has been adjusted. The following monsters have been adjusted to grant more progression and EXP within Greater Rifts. These include Blazing Guardians, Smoldering Guardians, Frost Guardian, Noxious Guardian, Shock Guardian, Blood Clan Spearman, Dark Moon Clan Impaler, Moon Clan Impaler, Blood Clan Impaler, Ice Clan Impaler, Hell Witch, and Vile Temptress. Players can speak to Auric to close an active Greater Rift. This option is only available when in a single-player game. Here's a little note from the developers. We wanted to improve the Greater Rift experience through quality of life updates, balance changes, and addressing community feedback. We received all of the maps and we reviewed, sorry, all of the maps and monsters that appear in Greater Rifts and reworked the probabilities overall to make sure players spend more time with the content they enjoy. Less spaghetti and more chickens, whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's some other updates for the PTR. They've uh, removed the increased legendary drop rate buff to allow for more precise drop rate testing. Um, this is just this is the PTR stuff. So the weapons they've added the uh, ingeome and the furnace. So they're doing stuff with these things. There's a bunch. There's an armament pack that has a bunch of things. Um, and I think you just kind of have to go in there. You know, there's stuff for followers. Um, that kind of stuff. And then it goes into classes specifically. I'm just going to read you the developer's notes on that, and you can kind of get into the numbers later if you care to. So for the Barbarian, we reworked Raycor's legacy to give the set its own identity. It felt natural to the team to infuse the charging fantasy of Raycor's legacy with the Barbarian's range skills. For the Crusader, Novald's Fever is overperforming across multiple sets. We want to bring its power down, but we are increasing the utility of Thorns of the Invoker to compensate. For monks, we're happy with the gameplay of Inna's Mantra Monks, but the fire build is overperforming, so we removed the fire ally bonus from the bindings of the lesser gods. And that's the only ones they have on that. There's information on how you can participate, how to do a character copy, and all that good stuff. By the time you hear this, you're probably already in the PTR, if that's your thing. And from here, I've got a bunch of stuff from the Diablo community. So, Riker, 
put out a YouTube video called New Endgame Coming in Diablo 3 Season 26. And he's talking about the PTR. He tweeted it out on Twitter. Uh, he wrote, he described it as my preliminary thoughts on the new D3 Season 26 Endgame content and greater rift changes. I already have a suggestion. Big Daddy Den has a new D3 Season 26 PTR 2.7.3 video on YouTube. I think he's calling it Season 26 Echoing Nightmare with an exclamation point on the end of that. Uh, the Diablo account on March 9 said that the uh, Diablo 2 Resurrected PTR ladder has now ended, so that's all done. If you didn't get in, you didn't get in. You'll have to try to get into the ladder stuff later if you're interested. And then Anna Cake has posted a couple of clips from Diablo 2 Resurrected PTR, and they're really interesting. So one of them, she's fighting... Um, I can't even tell what that is right now. Some kind of big... Oh, that's Diablo. She's fighting Diablo and um, does pretty well with it. It's, it's, it's intense. It's pretty neat to watch. And then she's got another one titled Sometimes We All Need a Hero. For example, New Frenzy Act 5 Mercenary. And she's literally just like sending him in and just cheering him on in a mob of these like... I don't know if they're cows. They might be cows. Maybe they're... I don't know. But he's just in there fighting and her character's off to the side just watching him off all of these creatures they think might be cows and she's just like dancing to some music and watching it so i guess maybe the act five you know frenzy mercenary is a is a good thing to have you know looks like a lot of fun um moving on wowhead announced that their further expansion of their diablo 2 resurrected pvp coverage with class guides for the hammerden paladin and bone mancer necromancer so they are building some of those pure diablo um, has a blog post called 2.4 Patch Update Vang's Thoughts and Analysis written by Vang and it's got some stuff from the patch notes in here and uh, different things like that on different classes. It's worth the read if you're interested in that. It looks pretty well put together. And the last thing I've got here is this amazing build that someone made. It's on the at Tabletop Time Twitter account and they turned a figure called uh, Yindrasta from something that is Warhammer. Um, I know what Warhammer is. I don't know a lot about it, but that's where they got the figure from. And they turned it into Tyrael from Diablo with glowing wings with LED lights in them and an interesting paint job. It's well worth watching, especially if you're into like miniatures and stuff like that. But I'm always amazed by people that can go, you know what? I can take this thing and turn it into that other thing and do so well with it. So it's really cool. And I recommend you check it out. And that's... Almost everything I have to talk about, the only other thing I can say is I've been putting Diablo 3 Season 25 videos on my YouTube. It's Book of Jen on YouTube, which is the name of my regular blog. So it's easy to find. I've got a playlist of Season 25, and we'll just see how far I get before the season ends on me. And it's been, it's been rough lately because I'm dealing with pollen season, and it slows me down greatly. But if you want to see what I've been doing, it's all there. I'll be adding more soon. And that's going to be the end of the show. You have been listening to episode 350 of The Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. Come join us in game. 
Our in-game community and clan in Diablo 3 for sure, both named Shattered Soulstone, are open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter and Facebook page, as well as the Shattered Soulstone website. Thank you for listening.